even in our mess, God still looks for us and he calls our name. There's no place to run, no place to hide from the omnipresent God. And while we still have the breath of God in our nostrils, there's really no need to run or hide because when God calls us, he's calling us because he loves us. I'm Alice Newsom, and you're listening to the Repurpose and Publish podcast. I've heard it said that graveyard is the most valuable piece of real estate on the planet because it's filled with unrealized dreams, ideas, and visions. This podcast is about denying the grave consumption of the great content locked up in my computer and taking the bold step to share my thoughts and creativity with you. And now, here's more repurposed content from my computer. Today we're studying God's omnipresence, which means God is present everywhere, all at the same time. Today's text is taken from Psalms 139, 7 through 12. And after discussing these verses, we will read verses 23 and 24. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. But the night shineth as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Verse 7 says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? This verse asks two questions. Number one, where can I go to get away from the spirit of God? And number two, where can I run away to escape God's presence? The answer to both of these questions is the same. Nowhere. If I go up to heaven, I'll find God there. And if I die in my sins and go to hell, I'll find God is there too. Even in death, God is present. So it's impossible to hide from God's presence. My question is, why in the world would we want to run and hide from God? And where did that idea even come from? And to answer that question, it takes us back to the beginning of creation. Adam and Eve were made in the image of God and fashioned by the hand of God. They were God's son and daughter. They were more like God than any other human beings that have ever lived on this planet as we know it. God created them to reign over fish, birds, livestock, wild animals, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. God married them, and they were the original king and queen of the earth. King Adam and Queen Eve had a great relationship with God. 
They walked and talked and laughed with God in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and Eve were God's earthly family. On the day they were created, God laid down the rules. The couple were to enjoy each other's company, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. They were to reign over creation. They were to eat to their heart's content from any and every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If they ate from that tree, their punishment would be harsh. They would die. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was located in the middle of the garden. I imagine every time they picked fruit from the tree of life, they saw the tree of temptation, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As time passed and temptation grew, Eve was no longer able to resist the tree of temptation, and she consumed the fruit. And boy, it was delicious. After eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and noting that she was still alive, Eve shared the fruit with Adam. He agreed to eat the fruit, and immediately upon consummation, they could see each other's nakedness. Oh no, this was bad, very bad. They experienced emotions they had never felt before. Now they understood good and evil, shame and guilt, nakedness, and the need to cover sacred body parts. Instinctively, they sewed fig leaves together to place over their naked bodies. To make matters worse, they heard the omnipresent God in the garden. Their sin and guilt caused them to run and hide. And this was the genesis of man hiding from God. Adam and Eve probably wish they could do what Psalms 139 and 9 says. I'll bet they wish they could have taken the wings of the morning and dwelt in the uttermost parts of the sea rather than to face the wrath of God and see the disappointment in his face because they let him down. It's interesting to note that although they were guilty, and discipline certainly ensued. Adam and Eve did not die that day. God allowed them to live and carry out the assignment to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth even in their fallen, sinful state. God knew that Adam and Eve had eaten the forbidden fruit before he ever entered the garden. Yet, he still looked for Adam and called his name. Even in our mess, God still looks for us and he calls our name. There's no place to run, no place to hide from the omnipresent God. And while we still have the breath of God in our nostrils, there's really no need to run or hide because when God calls us, he's calling us because he loves us. Just like Psalms 139 and 10 state, wherever we are, 
God's presence is there to lead us and to guide us. In the presence of God, there's love, forgiveness, hope, trust, support, and restoration. All of these things take time. It takes time for us to believe and discover that God truly loves us and that he is not angry with us or want to punish us. Verse 11, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yeah, the darkness hideth not from thee. But the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. The day Adam and Eve sinned, wickedness and evil were unleashed into the earth's atmosphere. And immediately darkness possessed the human soul. If we try to hide from God under the cover of darkness... This will not work because physical darkness cannot hide us from God's omnipresence. God is present everywhere you are, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Darkness is not powerful enough to separate us from the omnipresent God. God's light shines in the darkness in the dark thoughts of our hearts and our minds, wherever darkness is, God's presence is there to bring us out of it. Now this brings me to verses 23 and 24. And these verses are personal because now it's talking about me and you. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, this verse is very beautiful and it's very poetic, but it's an invitation to God from me. Invitations are extended to uh, request someone's attendance at a celebration, an event where you want to invite people you love and you know to come and celebrate with you. The events like weddings and graduations and parties. You send out invitations to your friends and those that you like, and you want them to come and share this time with you. Well, this is not that kind of invitation. This verse is asking God to search me. I am inviting God to look into my heart and my thoughts to see if there's any wickedness in me. <laughs> really? It took a long time for me to seriously read this verse and invite God to come into my thought life, into my heart, into my mind, what I'm thinking and my motives, inviting God into those secret and private areas. 
It took a really long time for me to do this. And this is why. You see, for the most part, I'm a quiet person. And I may not talk a lot, but I have lots of thoughts floating around in my head. And all of them are not good and pure and, and encouraging. And I really didn't want God to come into my thought life to see the wickedness that I knew existed inside my head. If I invited God, it would give him access to the most personal and private areas of my life. My thoughts. I was well aware of the fact that God already knows my thoughts, but this was different. By my own invitation, I would be inviting the bigness, the big, massive God, the omnipresent, omniscient God. I would be inviting him to focus on me. You know, God being big and huge and massive and wide is great. That's wonderful. But now I'm asking God to be pinpoint and personal and shine his light on me. That was not a comfortable situation. You see, my thoughts, I protected them and they're mine and they belong to me. And I didn't allow anybody to judge my thoughts because they were my thoughts. You couldn't judge me if you don't know what I'm thinking. But by reading this verse and inviting God into my life to judge my thoughts, to judge my motives, to judge me, was just a very uncomfortable time in my life. Giving God an invitation to judge my thoughts was like an unexpected knock at my door. On the other side of that door was an inspector wearing white gloves wanted to come inside and evaluate the cleanliness of my dirty house. Absolutely not. I knew I was guilty and I didn't want to give God access to the dirty little thoughts that I kept secret and sheltered in my mind. You see, I didn't trust God like that. I didn't trust his grace in that area of my sin. I was afraid of the disappointment and I expected punishment, but that's not what I found. What I found was a patient God, a forgiving God, a loving God, a God that accepted me. In time, I gave God that all access pass to the most private parts of my life. I let down my defenses and I started to trust God with the sensitive issues that I was going through. And I found that God was a great counselor and he is a great friend. Now, many years later, I am so glad that I gave God an invitation to search me and know my heart, to try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. 
Now I know that God is looking for me to lead me out of darkness so that I can follow that lighted path he has for my life. God's omnipresence is massive, it's thick, it's wide, it encompasses the whole entire universe. But yet, his omnipresence is up close and personal. When God formed man, he blew his breath of life into Adam's nostrils. You really can't get any more personal than that. Because you're blowing your breath in someone's face. And then that same breath sustains human life. The breath of God sustains our life. Way back then, at the setting of creation, God was telling us that he wanted to live in us. The bigness of the omnipresent God wants to get up close and personal with you. If you haven't already, why don't you consider doing what I did? Why don't you let down your guard and invite God to search your heart and your motives? Now, you know, I know it can be frightening, but I promise you, you will find that God is loving and patient, forgiving, tender, caring, and kind. God wants you to grant him access to heal your hurts, your heart, and your emotions. Because that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to come in and punish you. He doesn't want to come in and shine the light on all your dirt and make you feel so guilty and embarrassed that you want to run and hide. No, God doesn't want you to hide from him. He wants to be up close and personal with you so that he can shine a light out of darkness. He doesn't want you to stay in darkness. He wants you to come out of darkness into the light because he has a life planned for you. It's a path that you must find and walk and take and not take it by yourself. You take it with God. God wants to lead you and guide you to that path of everlasting life with him. God wants you to trust him. And when you start to trust him, you're going to find that God is a great listener and he's an excellent counselor. He has these big old shoulders for you to cry on and these big strong arms for you to lean on. And you are going to find that God is an awesome friend. Just always remember that God is present to help us. The omnipresent God is present to guide us, to teach us to comfort us, and to give us peace. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for allowing us to come into your presence. You are the omnipresent God who is so massive and wide that you permeate the entire universe. Yet, you are present with each one of us right now. 
Thank you for being present at every point in our life, God. No matter where we are, you are there. Thank you, God, for leading us out of darkness, God. Thank you, God, that on our good days, you're here. And on our bad days, you're here. Thank you for being present in our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of our lives. Everything that has to do with us, God, you are there with us. Help us to let down our defenses and invite you in to those guarded and dark places where we hide. God, help us. Help us to trust you enough to give you an all-access pass into our most private and personal places. To our hearts, God, our thoughts, God, our emotions. Help us to feel safe enough to trust you in these areas. As we trust you with our hearts, God, please heal our hurts. May your presence soothe our aches and our pains. Please comfort our souls and give us peace as we learn to put our trust in you every single day. Thank you for your presence that brings positive change in our lives. And it frees our souls, God, and it gives us peace. Thank you so much for hearing our prayer. Amen. Hello, I'm Galene, your host from Let's Meet the Author. I want to go ahead and boast about one of my authors who premiered in the first season, Alice Newsom. I have read her book over and over, and I cannot put it down. I have recommended to my sisters, I recommend to my mom, to my aunties, and even the male members in my family. Finally, there's a book that talks about the women of the Bible, all right? And also, it gives juicy details about the lives of Jesus' ancestors. The book is called The Sorted Lives of Jesus' Ancestors. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Jesus' family does too. You've got to get your own copy. Go to alicenewsome.com and go ahead and read it and find out all the secrets of Jesus' ancestors. alicenewsome.com. Get your copy today. You will not regret it. I've been busy. I've recorded an audiobook too. Now, the audiobook is a convenient way to hear the stories of the women in Jesus' family tree as you go about your day. I'm the narrator, and it comes with a special audiobook companion document. Get your audiobook now. If you are anything like I am, then you have a stored collection of stories and lessons. I encourage you to get that content out of your mind, out of your device, out of your journal, and share it with the world. Enrich someone's life because they are waiting for you. That's a wrap. Another podcast is in the books. It's published. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share it and subscribe to get each episode as it becomes available. And please leave a review. Visit my website, alicenewsome.com. Remember to repurpose 
and publish. Thanks for listening.